Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We thank you, O Lord, for another time in your presence. We thank you, Lord, that as we are gathered here, O God, we are gathered here unto you. Father, I pray, God, that you set me apart and you speak, you speak to your people. Lord, I pray that every heart will be prepared to receive your word. In Jesus' mighty name, I ask, Lord, that you have your way in this meeting. Father, as we listen to your word, we pray that we'll be cleansed from every infirmity, from every weakness, from every sin. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Lord, we pray that you pour out your blessings of having fellowship with you this morning upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Right. Last week, we started by um, sharing lessons from the birth of Jesus Christ. And last week, we saw that um, even in the silent years, God was still working. So there was years of silence between Malachi and Matthew. Now, in the midst of the silence, God was still working. And so when we applied that to our life, we saw that even when it seems as if God is silent and we are not hearing his voice, he's still working in our lives. God never stopped work, working in our lives. Another thing we saw was that because Joseph was a just man, even when it, he discovered that Mary was pregnant, he did not want to put her to public shame. And when we apply that to our lives, it's when we discover the sins of other people, how do we handle it? Do we pray and do we approach it in a way that we seek to restore the people? Or do we find ways to embarrass or disgrace the people? Or prove that we are more spiritual than those people? Again, we saw that when God gave Mary the baby, God made provision for Mary. And so when God gives you an assignment, he's going to make provision for you. Whatever assignments that he gives you. And so you can trust God to give you provision. I know that all of us here on earth, we have a divine purpose to fulfill. And for that divine purpose, we have to continuously rely on God to be able to fulfill that purpose. And God is going to make provisions available. One thing that you see that is very special in that story is that God kept giving dreams to Joseph on how he was supposed to raise the child, where they were supposed to go, and what they were supposed to do. And so God will continue to guide your path to his purpose. So let's trust God in everything that he assigns us to do. So today we are still going to look at the story of the birth of Jesus Christ and see what we can learn from that story. And this time we are reading from Luke. We'll come back to Matthew, but we're going to read the story from Luke. So in Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, I'm sorry, I'm reading from verse 1 to 7. The Bible says, And it came to pass in those days, a decree went out from Caesar, Augustus, that all men should be registered. This census, this first census took place when Quirinius was, gov was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went to Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, in Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they, they were there, the days were complete, completed for Mary to, to be delivered. And she brought forth her first son and wrapped him in a swaddling, swaddling cloth 
and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Amen. So the Bible tells us this, this story about how Jesus, um, the, the, mo the mother and the father of Jesus Christ went into Bethlehem to be registered. Now, it had been prophesied in the Old Testament that Jesus Christ was going to be born in Bethlehem. And so, Mary and Joseph, and somehow, at that same time, the king made a decree that everybody should go to the place of their birth to be registered. And so, before this time, Mary and Joseph lived in Nazareth. But because the king had made a decree that everyone should go to their hometown to be registered, Mary and Joseph had to travel to um, Bethlehem to be registered. Sometimes we see this as a coincidence that God had prophesied in the Old Testament that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. And this couple made a journey to Bethlehem, a short journey. That was not going, they were not going to spend so much time there. They were just going to be registered and come back to Nazareth. But during the time that the king made the decree, that was the very time that Jesus Christ was going to be born. You see, the prophecies of the Bible in their fulfillment, they might look very ordinary. And so when people think that the prophecies of the end time are going to happen in a very spectacular way, that will make it so obvious for everybody to see that that is the prophecy of the end time. That's not what's going to happen. The prophecies in the Bible, you see that they happen in ordinary course of life. Sometimes they look like coincidence because how come that the very time that the king made the decree that everybody should be registered, that was the very time that Mary was going to give birth. That was the very time that that prophecy in the Bible that Jesus Christ was going to be born in Bethlehem was supposed to be fulfilled. So the very, the few days they were spending in Bethlehem, that was the time that Jesus Christ was born. It fulfilled the prophecy in the, in the Old Testament. The meaning of Bethlehem is the house of bread. And the bread of life was born in the house of bread. And so Jesus, when Joseph and Mary traveled and they were going into Bethlehem to be born. I'm sorry, to be registered. That was the time they gave birth to Jesus Christ. Again. God wanted to make it clear that Jesus Christ was from the lineage of David. And so Joseph and Mary had to be registered, showing that this is their house. This is where they come from. There is no doubt about it because God had promised David that the king was going to come from his lineage. And lo and behold, the king at that time has made a decree that everybody should be registered. And Jesus Christ and his mother, uh, I'm sorry, Joseph and, his, and his, his wife, including Jesus Christ, were all going to be registered as people who are from the lineage of David. And so Jesus, God does not leave any doubt at all in the minds of people. If they go back to check the records, they will realize that Jesus Christ was registered as somebody who was from the lineage of David. And the Bible says they give birth to their first child. An interesting thing that happened here was that the Bible says that there was no room for him. That God stepped here on earth in a form of a man to the world that he had created. But the Bible says there was no room for Jesus Christ in the world that he had created. There was no place for Jesus Christ to be born. 
And every time this message you speak to us, when we remember the birth of Jesus Christ, that God, the one who created every luxurious place on earth at that time, wanted a place in life of man on earth, the earth that he had created. But the Bible says there was no place for Jesus Christ. There was no room for Jesus Christ. This reflects the life of man, that God wants a place in the life of man. And sometimes there is no room in our life for God. God seeks a place in our lives every time. He seeks a place in the life of the, the millions of people we have on the face of the earth today. But for most people, there is no room for God in their lives. His, God seeks a room in the cities where we find ourselves today. But most of the time, there is no room for God in the cities that we are living in today. The creator of heaven and earth humbled himself, stepped into this, this earth as a baby. And yet still, the world did not find a place for him. And somebody found a place for him. And the place they found for him was a manger. That even sometimes when we find a place for God, when we say that we are going to serve God, we don't serve Him with our best. You cannot tell me. Look, look, look at, look, I just want you to look at a picture of a woman in labor going to every place just to give birth to a baby. And every place he went, she went to, they rejected him, her, saying that we don't have a place for you. A woman in labor, how wicked and how cruel can people be that when a woman is in labor, she tries to find a place to give birth in a hotel, whatever place it is, in a house. And everyone rejects her and says, there is no place for us. And sometimes that is how God is looking for a place in our lives. And he does not find a place. God is looking for a place in our homes. And sometimes there's no place for him. But finally, this man, somebody who, was a, who, had, who had a manger, gave the manger to God. If this man knew that the woman this baby was carrying was God, do you think that she would have, he would have given the manger to her? If this woman knew that this baby that was going to be given back to you is God, do you think that the man was just going to give his manger to, to, the, to, to Mary and Joseph at that time. I believe that if he knew that it was God who was coming to the earth, he would have given the best place in his house for them to give birth. And so God sometimes, sometimes even when we give God our lives, we hold back the, most, the things that are important to us. And we say, God, you can take the rest. But these ones are important to me, so I'm keeping them. And we give God our manger instead of giving God our best. So even when we decide that, God, I'm going to give you my time. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to worship you. We give him the time that we feel, okay, after I have done everything else, then God, you can have this one. But God seeks our best because God gave his best to all of us. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ, who being in the form of God did not consider its robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking, upon, taking the form of a bond servant, coming in the likeness of man. The Bible admonished us that let this mind 
beat in us. That God, that Jesus Christ, who being in the form of God, which means that Jesus Christ in every single way was God. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus Christ, in every aspect, He was God. And so the Bible says, even though He had the form of God, He did not think that being God is something that He should hold on to. But the Bible says He emptied Himself of His divine nature. And so Jesus Christ, even though he was God, in every aspect, he was God. But he emptied himself of that divine attribute. He emptied himself of that title. He emptied himself of everything that made him God and took upon him the form of a man. And the Bible says, all of us who are believers, we are supposed to have this mindset. He says, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery, did not consider that being God was anything he should hold on to and not let go. He let go of his God nature. He let go of his divine nature and look at the creator of all things, was born as a baby and was being carried by a woman, by a creature that he had created. The Bible says all things were made through him. Nothing was made that was made without him. And he, the creator of all things, become a, became a baby and was handled by man like a baby. He emptied himself of his divine attribute just for the love that he had for us. And the Bible says, let this mind be in us. Sometimes, have you seen people who have gone to a place and they are not introduced by their, title, their actual titles and they get offended. Men get offended when you don't introduce them by their titles. But God emptied himself of his divine attribute. He wasn't even born in the house of the king. He was born in a manger. And the Bible says he thought that being equal to God was not something that he should hold on to. But he made himself of no reputation when he came down here on earth he made himself of no reputation it was not announced in a very spectacular way that the whole heavens announced to the earth that god has come to the earth today everybody has to go and look for him it was there was no special announcement on the radio or on tv that jesus christ was being born they didn't have radios and tvs then <laughs> that jesus christ was going to be born so they, they should they should go and look for him Bible says he made himself of no reputation and taking upon him the form of a born servant. He led by an example showing us that he came in the form of a servant. And even in the and, and coming in the likeness of man. The Bible says that and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. So even when Jesus Christ was a man, first of all, he emptied himself of his divine nature. He took upon himself the, the form of a man. In the form of a man, he still took upon himself the form of a servant. In the form of a servant, the Bible says he humbled himself even unto death. It tells you what Jesus Christ gave away. He gave away everything. 
obeyed his father to the point of death. And not just did he die, but he died on the cross. That was the worst form of death that anybody could die at that time. It was a form of death that was reserved for criminals. But Jesus Christ died this form of death, emptied himself of its divine nature. The Bible says, and therefore... God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth that every time will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. And so Jesus Christ gave away his divine nature. He gave away all his divine attributes. And he came in the form of a man. You see, when John finally saw Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation, when he saw Jesus Christ in his glory, Bible says he fell down as though he was dead. Because when Jesus, at some point we know in the, in, in, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus Christ just revealed a little bit of himself to the people. And the Peter said, it is good that we are here. We don't want to go anywhere. Let us stay here. The Bible says he didn't know what he was talking about. And finally, when John saw Jesus Christ in the fullness of his glory, this same John who had been on earth, uh, who, who, who had been with Jesus Christ when he was on earth, when he finally saw Jesus Christ in his glory, he fell. And he said that he fell as if he was dead, that there was no more life in him. And Jesus Christ emptied himself of all this divine attribute and became a man and obeyed even to the point of death. And so when Jesus Christ was born, his birth in Bethlehem was in fulfillment was in fulfillment of the promise of the prophecy that God has given. One thing that we have to know applying this to our lives today is that the prophecies of the end time will happen in an ordinary way that if you are not careful you might not identify that that is the fulfillment of the prophecy let's not think that it's going to be it's going to be easy for everybody to understand that oh the bible said this is going to happen and it's happening no it might not be so easy for people to understand i believe that a lot of people are going to continue to argue even in the face of the fulfillment of the prophecies of the end time a lot of people are going to argue about about it and say oh this is not it it's just going to this is something that is going to happen this is something that happened in the in ordinary life ordinarily you think that okay the king has made a decree that everybody should go and, and should go and, uh, and be registered and so joseph and mary were traveling and somehow it happened that mary was going to give birth and mary gave birth in bethlehem but this had been prophesied. And so God designed it that it was going to happen in the will of men. God worked in the will of men and it happened that at that same time that Jesus was supposed to be born, the king made a decree that everybody has to be registered. And Joseph and Mary had to travel to be registered. And at that point, they gave birth to Jesus Christ. And so let's be mindful. Let's not write off everything so quickly. Let's not write everything and call it conspiracy theory. Let's not do that. When things happen, we have to prayerfully consider what is happening and understand what does it mean. Let's not be quick to write off everything that happens. In Luke chapter 2 verse 8, as I continue the story of the birth of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, Now 
they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which will be which will be to all people. Verse 11 to 14. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in a swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill to all men let me just break this down first the Bible tells us that there were shepherds who were keeping watch at their flock they were watching over their flock at night time it was night time and they were making sure that Thieves will not come in and steal their flock. And so these shepherds were taking care of their, sh their sheep at night. They were just going about their ordinary business. That was their business. That was what they did for a living. And they were just going about their business. And somehow, God sent an angel to them. And the angel brought good news. You wonder why God did not look for the religious leaders at that time. You wonder why God did not go to Israel and tell the Israelites that the Messiah has been born. Because Israel was actually expecting a Messiah. But God went into this, God went to these shepherds. When you read the account of Matthew, the Bible says that he went to a, a, a place in the east. These shepherds were in the east, meaning they were Gentiles. God did not go to the religious people of that time. He went to these ordinary shepherds. And later we find out in the ministry of Jesus Christ why, why God did not go to the religious people. The religious people of that time, they were the people who, who stood against, who opposed the ministry of Jesus Christ so much. And so when God wanted to announce this to the earth, he went, he found the shepherds who were just minding their business, taking care of their sheep and announced to them that a Messiah has been born. Later, we are going to look at Matthew's account and look at the details of what happened when this announcement was made to the shepherds. The Bible tells us, let me just read Matthew's account quickly and then we'll come back to Luke again. The Bible says, now, Jesus, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. When Herod, had, when, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. Can you imagine that these men who were Gentiles, when they heard that the Messiah has been born, they were excited, they were happy, and they came to Jerusalem to look for the Messiah. But Herod, when he heard that Jesus has been born, he was troubled. And so the Bible says, and, he, and when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, 
are you the least among the rulers? For out of you shall come the ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, he, then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined to them the time the star appeared. And so the Bible tells us that the religious leader, leaders of that time, they knew the place where Jesus Christ was going to be born, but they didn't know the time that Jesus Christ was born, even though they knew through the prophecies that has been written in the Bible that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. They did not know the time. And this wise man who came from the east, even when they had shared the news with the people, you see the apathy in the lives of the religious leaders that the Messiah that they claimed they were expecting was born. And these religious leaders did not make any effort to go and look for the Messiah. They did not make any effort to go and find Jesus Christ. But this wise man, the Bible says, they went and looked for Jesus Christ. Today, in this generation, wise men continue to look for Jesus Christ. You see, when people give their lives to Jesus Christ, when people commit their lives to Jesus Christ, when people decide that they are going to search for the will of God and fulfill, and, and fulfill that will, sometimes men look at them as foolish men. Today, in our generation, when somebody declares their faith, as being Christians, people look at them and despise them and think that they are the, the least wisest people or they are not wise or they are foolish people. I didn't want to use the word foolish. But that's how men look at people who give their lives to Christ, devote their time to Christ, spend time in church. Men look at them and think that they are not wise. But I just want to tell you, just like this wise man went to look for Jesus Christ, even in this generation, Wise men continue to look for Jesus Christ. The religious leaders did not look for Jesus Christ. Herod also taught that at this point he had somebody who was going to oppose his kingdom. And that's how the world feels about Christianity sometimes. That Christianity opposes the kingdom on the rules or the instructions that the worldly people want to live by. But if Herod only understood that Jesus Christ was a king and his kingdom was not like the kingdom of men. He wasn't going to take over the kingdom of Herod, but he was going to establish a kingdom which is a spiritual kingdom, a kingdom which will last forever, a kingdom who were going to be men, men and women that he, he had elected for himself and for his glory, a kingdom who were going to be peculiar people and who were going to be special people, a kingdom of priests and kings. That was the kingdom Jesus Christ was going to establish. He wasn't coming to fight with Herod over his kingdom. If Herod only understood that, that the Messiah was bringing a kingdom that is a spiritual kingdom and not a kingdom like the kingdom that he was, he was, he was leading at that time, I believe that he wasn't going to oppose the birth of Jesus Christ. He wasn't going to fight the birth of Jesus Christ. But we see Herod making every effort to make sure that this baby who has been announced as the king wasn't going to be born or wasn't going to fulfill his purpose. The Bible says that when you continue to read the account of uh, um, Matthew, the Bible tells us that these wise men who went to look for Jesus Christ were warned by God not to go back to Herod. And so they did not go back to Herod. And so Herod 
instructed that every child that was born at that time who was two years old and below should be killed in an attempt to destroy the purpose of God. We have to understand that no matter what the devil does, there is no way he will be able to stop the purpose of God. You see, no matter what the wicked men in this generation will do, there is no way they can stop the purpose of God. Jesus Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail over it. No matter the conspiracy against the church in this generation, there is no way the church can be overcome. There is no way the purpose of God can be stopped. It is impossible. Wicked men sometimes think that they are doing some things against God, but actually they are working for God. You see, if the devil knew that trying to get into the heart of Judas and getting Jesus Christ nailed on the cross, if he knew that he was just working for God, he wouldn't have done it. But the Bible says he did not know that he was actually fulfilling the purpose. And that's what happens sometimes. When wicked men take power and they think that they have men in their hands and they can do whatever they want to do against God, against men, they are actually working for God to bring to pass his purpose. When you read the book of Revelation, everything that was happening... When the man of perdition thought that he had taken over the kingdoms of this world and he was bringing to pass his own desire and his own will, he didn't know that he was working for God. And that's what Herod did. Even when he thought that he was destroying God, God, was, God is always a step ahead because God knows the hearts of men. He knows the thoughts of men. And so he instructed Joseph to take Jesus Christ to Egypt. And this was after this man this wise man had come to visit Jesus Christ. Because last week I mentioned that Jesus Christ, um, Joseph and Mary were broke. And so when this man, this wise man came to look for Jesus Christ in verse 15 to 18 of Luke chapter 2. The Bible says, So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem. And to see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and a baby lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. This, when I was reading this, this, was, this stood out to me. Anyone who finds Jesus Christ, one of the things that happen is that they go about telling other people about Jesus Christ. And so when this wise man saw Jesus Christ, when they finally saw the baby in the manger, the Bible says they went about and they told everyone about Jesus Christ. They went about and they, the Bible says, sorry, I was reading, I wasn't sharing <laughs> <laughs> in verse 17 the Bible says now when they had seen him they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child one of the things that must happen in our lives when we see Jesus Christ is that we have to make him known when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior one of the things that we have to do is to make him widely known. We have to tell other people about Jesus Christ. 
We have to confess him to our family members. We have to confess him to our friends. Anybody who has actually had an encounter with Jesus Christ, one of the first things that happens is that they make him known to others. This day and this generation, the world is making it difficult for us to share our faith. But we have to know that we do not have to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have to continue to make him known to the, to the rest of the world. We have to tell the world about Jesus Christ. We have to make our confession known to the world. We have to continue to profess Jesus Christ as our Lord. Before people who believe and before people who do not believe. We have to continue to tell them that Jesus Christ is Lord. We have to continue to tell them that Jesus Christ is coming one day. We have to continue to tell them that Jesus Christ died for them. And he was the risen. They were they are the reason why he came. One of the things that we see happen in our lives when we accept Jesus Christ, when we find him, when we discover him in our life, is that we'll go about telling other people about him. In verse 18, the Bible says, And all those who heard the shepherd marveled at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept these things and pondered over them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that have, they have heard and seen. And it was told them. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 19, when Jesus Christ was leaving, he told his disciples that all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So go, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus Christ instructed his disciples, and this instruction is to us as well, that we should go out all over the world and preach the gospel and make him known. As, as we celebrate Christmas today, it is not about the light. It is not about the commercials. It is not about the sales that the world is making today. It is not about the reduction in prices. It is about the birth of Jesus Christ. And we need to make this known to the world. The Bible says we should go all over the world and preach the gospel. We should make him known to the world. We should tell the world about Jesus Christ. And so today, as we celebrate Christmas, as the whole world celebrates Christmas, I want all of us to make it part of our lives, part of our, our celebration, that we are going to tell men about Jesus Christ, that we are going to share and tell people that God became a man and was born on earth. And the celebration that we have today is about him. No matter what Hollywood try to define or tell us about, Christ, about Christmas, we those who know the word of God must continue to remind the world that Christmas is about the birth of Jesus Christ. Christmas is such a relevant... You see, there's one thing that I see here. Every, almost every Christian celebration that we, we, we have 
There are a lot of arguments about it. A lot of arguments. People try to discredit Christmas. There are a lot of arguments. People try to bring arguments. Jesus was not born on 25th December. Christmas is a pagan, it's a pagan celebration. And all sort of things. But those of us who know the word of God. Of course, we are not saying that Jesus was born on 25th December. That's not what we are saying. Of course, even at the time that Jesus Christ was born, this calendar that we are using was not available at that time. And so it is a day that we have set aside to celebrate the birth, to remember the birth of Jesus Christ. That is the true essence of Christmas. When I see, I see all the decorations and the lights that are around, people put this light and... and, and it's all beautiful, but Christmas is not about, it's not just about these things, but it's about remembering that God at some point became a man and walked on the face of this earth. He had one single purpose, to love men, to serve men, and to die for men. That he emptied himself of his divine nature. He emptied himself of his God nature, took upon him the form of a man, took upon him the form of a servant, was obedient even to the point of death. God did not choose to reveal this to the religious people of, of that time. He revealed it to ordinary shepherds who were going about their business. And so God does not need you or does not need a man to, he does not need somebody who has a special skill to fulfill his purpose. He takes any man at all sanctifies that person, qualifies that person, and enables that person to fulfill his work. And the Bible tells us that this man, when they saw Jesus Christ, they gave gifts to him. You see, the Bible does not even give us the number of people who went to see Jesus Christ. I think that we have somehow um, generated that number from the Bible because they gave three gifts. And so a lot, of, a lot of the time when we talk about the wise men, the first thing that comes to mind is they were three people. Because we saw them giving three gifts. We see in the Bible that three gifts were given. But, but the Bible does not tell us. The Bible says they were shepherds who were watching their flock at night. And an angel came to them and announced to them. The angel did not go to the house of the king. And we know why. Because the king, even when he heard the story, wanted to kill Jesus Christ. The angel did not go to the religious leaders at that time. How were the religious leaders going to accept the fact that the Messiah was born in a manger? They were expecting him to be born in the palace. And we understand why God did not go to the religious leaders. Because even when Jesus started his ministry, the greatest opposition he had was from the religious leaders. So God went to the Gentiles and told them that a Messiah has been born. And the Gentiles were excited. They were happy. They celebrated the news of the birth of Jesus Christ. Let Christmas have a meaning for you and for your family. Let it be about celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. The angel says, I bring you good news. The word there, bringing you good news, is I evangelize to you in the Greek. That is the word that is used for evangelism, bringing good news. So the angel first brought good news to the earth. And the recipient of the good news went about sharing the good news. And so let's use the opportunity and use the occasion, Christmas, 
to share the good news about Jesus Christ and to tell people about Jesus Christ. That will give us a true fulfillment when we celebrate Christmas. Because one day we are going to, after some time, we are going to tear down all the light and all the decoration. But if you were able to use this opportunity to tell somebody the good news about Jesus Christ, I believe that you have given God and you have given yourself the greatest um, Christmas gift. So let's use this opportunity to remind people that God became a man and was born on earth. Shall we bow our heads for a prayer? Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, that you gave us your son, God, that you became a man, Jesus Christ. You took upon yourself the form of a man and you humbled yourself unto death, even death on the cross. And as we celebrate your birth, as the whole world remember your birth, we pray, Lord, that you enable us to be able to share this good news to other people. Jesus' mighty name. We pray that we'll find true joy in this season. In Jesus' mighty name. Anything that is a burden we present before you today. And we ask of God, let our burdens be replaced with joy and the true meaning of Christmas. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen.